in our exploration of Sichot Aran, Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, Rabbi Nachman's Sichot, um, we spoke about Aleph, the letter Aleph. The first one was about Muna, the second one was about Bitochon, Gimel was about Godless and what you can't say about God and what you can say about God. And Dalit was about Damim, about money and, and, and the, how money is dangerous and how it fell into uh, this really dangerous place. And now we're on letter Hey. Hey um, is actually expansion. Okay? So in, in the beginning of, of the Torah, Perak Bera Bereshis says, this is how God uh, uh, let the world uh, unfold. And Behibariam, Torah says, Behibram. He created with hey. Hey is like, there's no, there's, there's, it's letting things kind of evolve. And that's the, the beauty of Avraham and Sarah, who are these people who just kind of just go with it or just kind of allow things to happen and uh, figure it out as they go on. So the letter hey uh, very much plays a part. In, in, our, in our relationship with God that allows us to experience things um, as they unfold. And that's why one of the things that uh, is very important for us is that Hashem, His name is, is you know, with a hey. That the hey, you know, as Chazal point out, that the hey is, uh, is the recipient that allows the, Torah, the world, as they say, the world was created the hey, which means that there's a, always an opportunity to fall out, right? You always have to constantly be on a, on a, in, in motion, in movement. Uh, the, the, the exploration, the suffix hey in the Hebrew language Right? So if I say, you know, habait, this is the house, and habaita is, you know, to the house. I'm on a journey to the house, right? Or, uh, or um, uh, you say, um, you know, um, I don't know. Um, that was a sufficient example, and I can't come with another one right now. But the suffix hey is always the one that allows us to be in journey and in motion. So Rabbi Nachman right now is exploring this idea of how we're constant growth. And our constant growth. Um, as we explore the world, as we evolve as people, as the Torah Shabal Peh allows us to evolve, right? Allows us to kind of figure out how to live in this world um, and, and have all the sufficient information from the Torah Shabbat um, to allow us to, in any situation, and we don't know what the future holds. I just know that whatever's going to happen in, uh, in, in, in um, 2090, um, the Torah will have accounted for, and we're going to figure out within the realm of halacha how to conduct ourselves, um, and the whole world will probably be very lost and very confused because. Uh, 2020 is probably going to be very, very crazy. 2090 is going to be probably a very crazy year. Uh, but the Torah has already accounted for it. And uh, therefore, we're, we're, we're evolving into 2090 with simple knowledge that uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna figure it out. We're going to have the right lens to, to see it. Uh, so with that hey being the reality of the evolution, um, Rabbi Nachman has something that is uh, important for him to say. I'm going to ask Adiram to read uh, number five, where it says here number five. Um, because I'm holding. The Rebbe, the Rebbe emphatically yeah. denounced all... Hold it wherever it's comfortable. The Rebbe emphatically denounced all books dealing with philosophy. He said that such works contain absolutely no wisdom compared to such sacred works as, as the Maharsha and the Ma, Maram Shif. All that philosophy can do is build one argument upon another in a vain attempt to arrive at some conclusion. But wisdom like that in the Torah is not found, is not found there at all. Um, the, Rebbe, the Rebbe said that one who knows nothing of such books is most fortunate, for he walks in, in a, for he walks a sincere path, simply fearing God's punishment. The only way to begin serving God is through the fear of retribution. Without it, it is impossible to even take the first step. Even the righteous must have such fear, for they, for, for few can devote themselves to God merely because they love Him so deeply. One can also serve, serve God out of a sense of awe, because He is so great and powerful. This is a higher level of fear, but it is also very difficult to attain. For 
most people. The path to devotion is the simple fear of punishment. Okay, so before we continue, Rabbi Nachman is speaking right now about the very problematic of books of philosophy. And that's something that Rabbi Nachman took very much to heart and fought against because in the, the world that Rabbi Nachman lived in and uh, very much in today's world, philosophy usually brings to a world of chaos. Right? And the philosophical world, you know, philosophical ideas, you know, ego, e- super ego, id, like, oh, you know, like, you know, okay, that's not you, then it's not you, or who's actually doing it, or in a philosophical, you know, conversation of, you know, does this actually happen? Can this really cre- um, uh, be? And in Rabbi Nachman's world, the question is, like, okay, Lamaisa, like, what is that? What does that matter? Right? So uh, Rabbi Nachman, who's very much, and in, in different places, he speaks a lot more harshly against philosophical books. But uh, in, in a simple, in a simple uh, philosophical question that has been very old as time, you know, can uh, God create a stone he can't lift? Right? And Rabbi Nachman said, it's, it's very simple. If he can, right, then he can create a stone he can't lift, then he can't lift it, then he's not all powerful. And if he can't, then he's not all powerful. So what's the nafkamina? I don't have to get up for minion tomorrow. Right? Meaning a philosophical question like that, it really has only one outcome, which is what? I don't have to do anything. Right? God's not all that powerful. Why do, why, right? why, why do, why do I have to do anything? Right? And Rabbi Nachman is a philosophical question. Is a philosophical question that's not trying to help you understand yourself better, not trying to help you understand life better, as he denoted. It's a, it's a question that just allows you to not fear punishment, to not care about consequence. Right? So why do I have to care about consequence? It wasn't me, it was the reptilian side of me. Right? It wasn't me. It was uh, it was my you know as as Rashi, as as Rashi, Chas Shalom, as Hitler writes in my Kampf, um, we're reptiles, right? We're all. Wow. Um, oh my god! Wow. Yeah, as a big mislead. Um, um, right? Um, we're all Hitler writes. We're all we're all reptiles, and just uh, we're all we're all we're all barbarians, and let's accept it, right? So once you get enter into a world of philosophy, you're very much hard for you to come out, right? To you know, the, the, and Rabbi Nachman's answer to the question: Can God lift the stone? He he can he create a, a stone he can lift. It's very simple, right? He doesn't want to. If he wanted to, there would be a reality where those are not contradicting. Right? God wanted to, then somewhere in your brain you would be able to understand how God can both create a stone he can't lift and not create a stone and, and, and not create a stone he can't lift, and still that makes sense. He's still omnipotent, right? But in a world where it doesn't make sense for us, that the only simple is what we, he doesn't want to, and therefore he doesn't want to. Then there's no understanding for us. Then we can't really fathom how those two things can coexist. Right? So Rabbi Nachman is telling us something very important. As we're letting ourselves kind of explore, and man is trying to figure out all these things, you know, it's very simple because to, you know, for years, the, the world was very, very dull and very, very boring. And you know, the wise men of Athens was like, you know, psh, a, a kind of a phase period that came and left. And you know, there was wise men and kind of not. And you know, who actually knows what the wise men of Athens says? Only a person who can read, which was like, you know, like 1% of the population. And the majority of the people had nothing to do with this uh, advanced uh, thinking world. But after the Enlightenment age coming out of Germany, which is what Rabbi Nachman is experiencing on the forefront of, 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 of the Judaism that, he, that he's living um, in, in Ukraine and Poland, um, everybody's now is a self-thinking person. Everybody's having ideas on their own. Everybody's kind of coming up with theories and, and ideas. And Rabbi Nachman says, that's, that's on one hand very awesome that a person can think on his own and come up with ideas and also very dangerous. Because if a person is going to come on, uh, figure out, think, think that he can figure out things on his own, then whatever doesn't make sense now, I don't care about. Right? So, you know, I, I, and, and when it boils down to it, you know, this philosophical idea of like, you know, the world, is it created or was, is, is it forever been or is the world flat or is the world, uh, you know, um, 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 uh, circular? What's the nafkamina at the end of the day? Right? What's the, you know, the Gemara says, nafkamina, what's the nafkamina? What is the bottom line? Bottom line, are you going to get up for davening? If yes, then phenomenal. If not, then it's a bad question. 
Right? Don't ask yourself questions that are just going to um, um, not bring you to fear punishment and fear and again consequence and relationship. Right? Which is one of the things that I think uh, college students struggle with the most. Uh, it's not only college students; it's the early early uh, um, adults in, in in the Western uh, society, which is uh, accountability. Right? And that's why relationships uh, they they come and go so quickly. I can't even remember who's still dating who in this campus, right? Because uh, they just come and go because I know I'm devoted to something as long as it works for me and once it doesn't, then I'm done. And, and Rabbi Nadman is very much trying to build a person who understands that if you, if you bought into something and if you have an idea and if you have a relationship, then you have to, you have to stick to it. You have to grow with it. And this hey uh, reality, hey braam, he baream, this Avraham, this idea of, like, of, of, of multiplicity and, and, and exploration and that you can figure things out on your own and that you can experience God from your life is phenomenal. And yet, it's very, very dangerous because it can really lead to a place of philosophy and a place of philosophy, which is, you know, um, um, is, is this actually making me uh, grow and become a better person? And for Rabbi Nachman, this was very, 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 very dangerous. Continue reading. First paragraph. When a person becomes involved in philosophy, his mind becomes filled with doubts and questions. These reinforce his inborn wickedness. It is, it is man's nature to be drawn to worldly temptations, and this can be overcome only through the fear of punishment. Only then can one actually. Only one box is for here. Only then can one actually begin serving God. But philosophy raises doubts and questions, strengthening one, strengthening one's natural inclination away from God. This is why a person can never come, can never become godly through the study of philosophy. Although such works do not con- do contain some such some good thoughts, they do not have any good effect. The end result is usually great confusion. One loses much more than he gains. This is besides the actual prohibitions against studying such works. Prohibitions. The Rebbe, the Rebbe often told us how fortunate we were because Moses, our our teacher, showed us the right way. He began the Torah without any philosophical proof. With the simplest words, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We are commanded to believe in God through faith alone and not enter into speculation. Although Zohar belittles the mere fear of punishment, our moral classics write that this is still the main gateway to true devotion. The Rebbe said that all scientific discoveries and inventions come from, come from on high. Right, so before we get into that part of the Sikha, um, where Rabbi Nachman is going to explore something else, right now it's really, it's really important for him to say is that the, the, these philosophical conversations, philosophical discussions, are not really gr- helping you grow. And what he said before, the Maram Shif and some ideas in the Marsha, they're actually helping you grow. And a person, we all have temptations. And the question is, am I just trying to, to uh, use uh, philosophical uh, conversations to, to uh, allow myself to feel better about my struggles? Right? The biggest problem we have today is that we turn weakness into ideology. Look at the you know, society we live in. Right? Instead of people struggling with uh, sexual identity and sexual urges, we just turn it into um, ideology. Like, what are you? What are you, why, why are you? Why are you doing all these things? Are you so primitive? Why are you like you know stuck in light years away? You know, we're already so advanced. We already know scientifically that's actually healthy for you to explore these uh, these places. Right? It's all the, it's like taking weakness and turning it into ideology. It's not like you're actually trying to move in a better direction, but you're actually just trying to find an easier life. Right? So a philosophical question that the nafkamina is, I don't have to get up for davening tomorrow, is a bad question. A question that says, you know, how amazing God is. And it's going to, you know, I ask myself something like, you know, 
Oh my God! How many how many different uh, species of ants are there? Well, one hundred eighty-seven thousand million, and God makes sure that every single one of them has food. Wow! I should actually get out of my bed and be productive instead of just you know being the one the one creation that God created that is actually being so unproductive. All right. Um, so so the, the, what's important is we are supposed to. Uh, figure things out on our own. We're all supposed to. We are supposed to explore Torah about that. We are supposed to uh, learn um, how God um, makes this world and how God exists in it. But you have to be very careful about what type of question you're asking, right? What are people going to derive from that question, right? So you know, um, yeah, the famous uh, philosophical question of you know if. Uh, tree falls in the forest and uh, nobody's there to hear it. Does it make a sound? So the obvious answer is no, it doesn't. It makes a vibration. It's your eardrum who takes a vibration and turns it into a sound. But the question really is, like, does, if, if, if I'm not there, does it actually happen? Right? Right? Like, you know, and, it, 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 and, and, and that puts man in the center. Right? Christianity put man in the center. Islam put God in the center. And Judaism puts the relationship in the center. Right? It's not God or Am Yisrael. It's the relationship. Right? It's a relationship we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu that is the actual goal and not um, you know, man as the goal or God as the goal. It's a relationship as the goal. Right? And therefore, if I'm just trying to diminish things and I, you know, uh, um, it, it, it doesn't, it, it's not, it's not the, the Torah's way, even if uh, it was written by great rabbis. Um, who maybe in their time, you know, if I convinced you there was a God, if God came here and said, oh, you know what? I'm here. I'm exist. I exist. Right? Is that going to get you out of bed tomorrow? Oh, maybe for three, four days. Then it will kind of, you know, uh, you know, dissolve. As the Rambam says, you know, the miracles are actually uh, not build a muna. Miracle don't build a muna. They actually break a muna, and uh, they break a muna because a muna is something that you build. And uh, and uh, miracles are uh, they're they're so they're so out there. They're not part of the building. They're 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 external to the building. That's why Am Yisrael. Every time God did a miracle, a minute later they're they're complaining. A minute later they're sinning because miracles don't build relationship. Right? It's the relationship building. So these philosophical questions of like, can God do this or not do that? Or, you know, is this the way that man is supposed to do? Or like, how old the universe is? Were there dinosaurs? Were there not dinosaurs? The question is very simple. You know, if there were dinosaurs or not, is that going to help you be a better person? Or is that going to, you know, oh, you know, there's a discrepancy and therefore there's a problem. Right? What do you mean it doesn't help you grow relationships at all? I don't, like, how does a miracle counteract that? Oh, wait, Amis, God appeals, appears to Amisrael in the Mount Sinai and they build a golden gate. No, God. I know, I, I, right? I see. How does Rambam explain it? Yeah. And Rambam says it's very, very simple to explain it, right? Because there's no, it's one sided. A miracle is one sided. The true miracles, when do we say Alanisim? On Purim and Hanukkah, when it's man made, when there was a relationship that people put themselves out there and God set it up in a way that, they're, that, that, they're, that they don't leave empty handed. But a miracle where God comes and it's one sided. That's not, a, that's not a miracle. We yeah, don't say Allah Nisim there. In all of our tefillos, we, we, we always reference Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the Amsuf. So why would we reference Hanukkah? Right. So, but, in, so, right, but also, in all, in all, yes. in, 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 it's very important to Chazal to say what? That what's important about Purim and Khan and, 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 and Kriyasi Amsuf is that we actually did it. We actively went out, right? But it still didn't help. It wasn't a, rate, a right ratio. So even after they split the sea, three days later, they're complaining. And then Amalek comes, right? Every time we complain that we are not, you know, um, um, loved enough and cared for enough, Amalek comes. Right, which is our our you know our uh, step stepbrother who's always kind of poking us and saying you know what you know you don't deserve you don't deserve to be the love child right um, at the end of the day what builds a relationship is when I toil and when I grow right but all these uh, um, uh, miracles don't help and philosophical questions don't help 
Right? At the end of the day, if you're struggling with Emuna, fantastic. Work on it. We spoke in letter Aleph about Emuna. We spoke in letter Bet about Bitachon. Right? There's a certain understanding. But if a person is living in a reality where he um, 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 expects, you know, uh, the infamous God to fit in his, you know, in, in finite brain, then you have a problem. And you have a problem. Right? So Rabbi Nathan is telling us not only that is that it's very it's very important to stay away from these philosophical debates which have only one nafkamina which is God isn't great, right? Um, 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 but rather, but rather, um, we have to engage in thought and 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 conversation that actually builds a relationship, right? So if I have a philosophical question like is Avital my soulmate or not, and you know that's going to make me you know next time she says can you get me a cup of water say eh, I'm too tired. Then that's a stupid question to be, uh, uh, you know, figuring it out. But if I say to myself, you know, and as somebody asked me here a couple of years ago, how do you know she's the one? And I said, when you love her so, you love her so much, you don't care anymore. Then she's the one. Okay? If I you know, I, I, is Abital the one or not? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Right? And I, I care about her so much and about building a relationship that I don't need a miracle, you know, a divine intervention, a Kabbalist to tell me she's the one. No, I want to feel it on my own. I want to build it. I want, she is the one. Whether she's not or not, I don't care. Right? Now that's the relationship of, that I have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Right? So did the Kaddish Baruch Hu really mean to actually Katole Pepper on Shabbos? I don't care. I don't care. I don't bring my relationship, my relationship with God to the resolution of like, if he didn't mean that I should cut toilet paper on Shabbos, then this is all stupid. And you people say it. And like, it's like, it's like grow up. Right? No, fine. If they're not ready for a relationship with a girl, of course they're not ready to, to, really, to have a relationship with God. Right? And, a similar answer. It's a right. Question I right. So at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. If you're not, and, and it's most, most of the people that I meet here on campus, they have that problem. They're not, even, ever, they're not even ready to have a relationship with anybody, let alone a relationship with God. Right? All right. So now Rabbi Nachman's last point is, with these great ideas that are coming down to the world, how do they come? Right? You know, like, is it actually Newton who, who figured it out? Is it actually Einstein figure out what are, what are all these great thoughts and great ideas that are actually shaping society forever how do they actually happen so read us the last uh, part of the sikha Rabbi said that all scientific discoveries and inventions can come from on high without such inspiration they could never be discovered well and the time comes for an idea to be revealed to the world the necessary inspiration is granted to a researcher from on high a thought enters his mind and it is thus revealed many people may have may have previously sought this idea but it's still eluded them. Only when the time comes for it to be revealed can the inspiration be found. All inspiration comes from the place associated within the seeker, with the seeker. If one seeks secular wisdom, then it does not come from the holy boot, but from the other side. The same is true when one discovers new meanings and ideas in his sacred studies. Were the ideas not granted from on high, on high, it would never occur to him. All wisdom comes from on high, yet each thing emanating from its proper place each idea has its own its own place, and there are thousands and thousands of different levels. All discoveries, sacred or profane, have a root above, each in its own particular place. Right? So you, you might sit there thinking, you know, oh, if I only engage in philosophy enough, I'll figure out these great ideas. I'll come up with this great great thing. Right? Oh, people like, you know, sometimes like an app comes out, and you're like, you're, you're like, how did I not think of that? Like, that's the most simple concept in the world. Right? It didn't exist before. It wasn't ready to come down to the world. So you're going to sit there all day and wait, wait for inspiration, you know, have a, you know, a writer's block, and you're going to think that you know, you're going to figure it out. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Right? Now, I'm not saying that in today's world, uh, sometimes you watch these television shows and you think the only way the writers came up with these ideas is like you know, they just sat in a hot room for a couple of hours and they're like, oh, so a plane crashes because of magnetic force on some crazy island. Boss, really? and, right? So, and you're like, how do these guys come up with, oh, it's black fog. 
Oh, great. I, I understand how you came up with this idea. Um, it's very simple to draw that correlation. And sometimes, you know, Rabbi Nachman says, if you're going to sit there all day trying to, like, think about esoteric thoughts, it's not, that's not how life works. You try to be practical. Be practical. At the end of the day, if there's a thought that needs to come down and you're the right person, it will come to you. It will come to you. I told you guys, I don't know I told this. I had a dream that I invented an app that became huge, uh, sold for millions. It was very simple. It was, I can tell it to you. It was called um, Selfie Tag. And it's like a group of people, they sign up as a game, and someone's it, randomly generated, and the way to make somebody else it is you have to get them into a selfie, right? You and the person that you're trying to tag, and then they become the person you're trying to tag, and then it goes up on social media, and people like it, and people don't like it, and there's like a hope, and if there's like, if like, and there's like, a, there's like, if there's a majority that thinks that it's not a real selfie, because, you know, the person like barely see his face, etc., whatever. Then in, in my dream, it, it made a lot of money, and it created a lot of trouble in my life, and I was like, oh, I'm not doing it. Nothing. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I don't need. I don't need the trouble that it brings um, with this uh, simple idea of a selfie tag um, that was very big amongst uh, high school uh, girls, and at least in my dream. Um, but the idea is, uh, is that you know, if you're gonna sit there trying to always uh, think think about these esoteric ideas and like mind blowing concepts, you're not being practical. You're not actually moving your life forward. And all these great ideas, they come down to the world when they need to come down to the world. And God picks the right person to do it, whether they're uh, whether they're actually a positive influence on society or not. But at the end of the day, if we're going to sit there all day instead of trying to actually become a better person, trying to like figure out the best app that will make the world better, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Life doesn't happen that way. It happens in a way where you're trying to actually um, 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 draw closer. So this world of hey, this world of, of evolution, this world of behi baream, as God allows things to unfold, is a very awesome world. And it allows us free will. It allows us growth. It allows us relationship with God. Yet it's also very dangerous. Because if I'm free to do whatever I want, then what's stopping me from being the worst? And Rabbi Nachman says it to be very careful. To be very careful because so many people paved the way to hell with good intentions. No politician actually thinks he's going to go and become corrupt. He thinks he's going to make a change. And then he goes through the system and he's done. Right? And no philosopher thinks he's going to you know, um, um, convince people to leave their marriages. He actually thinks that he's making man better. But he just realized it inadvertently in his thoughts. He just convinced so many people that why would I need a marriage? I'm not happy. Why would I just let me just leave? Right? It's about building a relationship. Oh, no, no, it's about me being happy. And if I'm not true to myself, I'm not happy. I'm not happy if I'm not true to myself. Right? All these crazy philosophical ideas that are just unreal because they're not actually propelling a better world. So for Rabbi Nachman, it's very important for us to understand that as we're supposed to explore and grow and evolve and, 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 and figure out things on our own because that's how we, we grow, we have to make sure to ask ourselves, like, what is the goal? What is the goal? Right? Is my understanding now that you know I need to nap gonna make me a better person? Or is it just because, you know, I just I'm tired. I just want to do whatever I want. Right? So ask yourself, where are you headed? Where are you headed? Hopefully we should be uh, we should see a world that's evolving in a very good way and healthy way. Yeah.